In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes into our lives so that He can transform us by His love. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a old church. It once upon a time it had it glittered. The choir sang with gusto. Everybody loved one another. It was a great place to be. Everybody was having fun on a Sunday. It was awesome. But over the years, things got kind of, well, downtrodden there. And, well, things started not looking as nice. The building really kind of deteriorated a bit. The choir, well, they just didn't sing with the same amount of pizzazz that they used to have. And the people that came there, they kind of gave God their prayers and their praise with heavy, even sometimes even downtrodden hearts. It was a tough place to be in this church. And so one day the, the elders and the other leaders of the church, well, they decided that they would seek out help. And there was this retired pastor who lived in their same town who had been through the ringer. Right, Bernie? You know how that feels? <laughs> who had been through the ringer and who had seen all sorts of different stuff. And they figured if anybody can help us out, we'll go to this pastor, this retired pastor who's seen it all. And we'll ask what we need to do to get our church back to being the church that it used to be. And the pastor met with him and he said, thank you very much for coming along. I'm going to pray about this and uh, meet you back here um, at my house tomorrow, maybe 10 in the morning. And, uh, and, and so the leaders went back home and they came back the next morning and they knocked on the door and nobody answered. He was gone. In fact, he had skipped town is what had happened. Uh, he had left a Bible, though, on the doorstep. And uh, inside of the, on top of that Bible, there was a post-it note that, that had the name of this church. And inside of that Bible was another little post-it note. And he had written them a note. He said, I have to go away for a while. Um, but I have two things to kind of tell you. Um, first of all, as I was praying last night, um, the Lord revealed to me that, um, well, the Messiah is someone in your church. And the other thing is, uh, I'm going to be coming back, and you should read this Bible in the meantime, and when I come back, I'll reveal who the Messiah is. And so the people got, well, excited. I mean, this got all of the ladies at the church talking. All of them. Even some of the guys started to talk with each other. And they started to talk about, well, who do you think this Messiah could be? And everybody there kind of thought, well, maybe it's me. And then they did kind of this review of their life, and they said, well, okay, probably not. And so they started to think, okay, who could the Messiah be? Who could this, this mysterious Messiah person be who's in our midst? Who do you think it was? Well, if you've been here for long enough, you probably 
kind of realize the punchline to that story is that the Messiah is also someone in this church. That the Messiah is Jesus Christ and He's here with us today. That He's here here in this building with us. That He's here celebrating when we confess our sins. That He's here to forgive us. And to give Himself to us. And that should be, anyway, the reason that you're here. Is that you realize that this Jesus Christ, that He's someone in this church. In fact, He's a very important person in this church. Without Him, we shouldn't be doing this whole church thing. And He's also the one that transforms our lives. And the knowledge that He is here in this church is something that should be transforming us. And we should be transformed by His love. Of course, how that happens a lot of times gets pretty confusing. Which is why we're starting off on this series about being transformed by the cross. Today we're, we're beginning that series and uh, we're going to be talking even more about this sort of concept of transformation. And what that means in our personal lives. What that means in our lives here with the other people that you're going to church with, the other people that if you come here Sunday after Sunday, you see them and you begin to sort of recognize them, even if you haven't talked to them before. Right? And then, to figure out how we're transformed and how we're really transforming agents to a world that needs us to be bearers of the cross when we leave this sanctuary, when we leave our homes, when we meet people at school or at work or in our neighborhoods. We're going to be talking about those things over the next four weeks and starting today. And in order to talk about those things, we need to sort of get an idea of what Christian transformation is really all about. Because sometimes we we just don't want to be transformed. Right? I'm doing pretty good on my own. That's alright, Jesus. Transformation, that's for somebody else. That's for somebody who, you know, they actually sin. I, I, well, maybe a little, but, you know, you can transform a little bit of my life, I guess. But the whole thing, I don't think so. I don't need that. Well, that's who the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, right, in the Bible. Um, uh, and where we're jumping in in this text in the Gospel reading in Matthew, um, we're, we're coming right after the Sadducees. Um, we've skipped over that portion. You can maybe go back in your Bibles and read it. But what the Sadducees did was they came to Jesus with well, who they were without being transformed. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, by the way, we don't believe in this resurrection thing. We think it's a bunch of hogwash that the Pharisees made up. So, we're going to try to catch you. And we're going to try to make it look like we're right, 
and those Pharisees are wrong and we're going to use you to do it, buddy. And so they come to him and they ask him a question about the resurrection and he stumps them. And so the Pharisees, being kind of that annoying brother type, well, they come in and that's where we pick up the story because, well, the Sadducees, they've been stumped. And the Pharisees, they say, well, we're going to show the Sadducees that we can stump him. And so who do they get to do it? A lawyer. And so they get a lawyer to really think about it and think, okay, how can I stump this guy? Hmm. Oh, we've got those 613 commandments. 613 mitzvot which is the plural form of mitzvah, which is the word that we get bar mitzvah from. We can talk about all of that Hebrew stuff later. But essentially, mitzvah means commandments. And they saw that there were 613 commandments in the Bible. All the way from who could or could not eat grapes. Seriously? In there. To, if you should really... Love God with your whole being. The very minuscule to the very big. And they were asking Jesus this question. Which one of these is the greatest commandment? Is it the one about the grapes? Or is it another one? And they were trying to catch him in this sort of subtle little trick of if he would say one was great, they would say, well, what about this other one? And try to catch him and show that they were better theologians than this rogue, renegade rabbi named Jesus. They wore on their cloaks 613 castles to remind them of those 613 laws. That's who they were. That's what their lives were all about, was following those laws to the utmost. And Jesus comes with his answer, with something that is so transformative for them. He says, all of your 613 commandments, you know, that's whatever. You're overthinking it. There's two. Love the Lord your God with all of your being. And love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the great commandments. And they're still the great commandments for us today. Even if you remember when you went through uh, the Ten Commandments, we even see how the Ten Commandments function in those two realms. There's the first table of the law, the ones that are all about loving God, and the second table of the law, the ones that are all about loving your neighbor. Those two commandments are still big commandments. And if you begin to follow them as you are able, they'll transform your life. They'll change who you are as a person. But unfortunately, you'll never keep them all the way. 
You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're not going to love God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with all of your soul. You're not going to love your neighbor completely as yourself. And so you need a Messiah to come into your presence. You need a Messiah who is here for you. And that Messiah is someone who transformed your life by His keeping those commandments. He loved the Lord His God, His Father, with all of His heart, with all of His mind, with all of His soul. If He didn't, do you think that He actually would have come to this miserable, stinking planet after being in perfect communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. And end up in a manger for the first like couple minutes of His life? I'm sure Jesus was like, seriously, Father? This is sort of rubbing salt in the wound, but alright, here we go. Manger in Bethlehem. And then going to a cross. Because He didn't just love the Father with all of His being. He loved you. His brothers and His sisters. After He took on this mortal human flesh, He said, I'm the only one that can do this. I'm the only one that can save you. I need to go to this cross and die for you. It's going to be horrifically painful. I'm going to experience something that I've never experienced before, separation from the Father and the Holy Spirit, but I'm willing to do it because I love you. And your life at that very moment was transformed, and it began to be transformed. That's what we talk about when we baptize kids. We're going to baptize Giovanna a little bit later on this afternoon. And what we talk about in that baptism ceremony is that that child, when they are baptized, Giovanna, when she is baptized today, that that's the beginning of her baptism. And you know what? It doesn't end until you're in the ground. Your baptism is taking on water. Your baptism is being sunk like a ship. You're being transformed. Every time you come to God with those sins that you need forgiven. Every time you come to God and ask Him that He might work in your life. And so we're going to be over the next four weeks asking you to consider transformation in those two commandments. First, transformation with your relationship with God. We're calling that personal transformation because it's between you and Him. And we're going to ask you to do some things that might be a little bit outside of the box for you. Some stuff that's maybe new. Maybe praying every day. Maybe reading a book. Maybe reading the Bible. Maybe whatever. There's going to be a few different options and we'll roll through that next week. But you're going to be able to experience some transformation just as long as you don't reject it. And you're going to be able to experience that same transformation with your neighbor. Both your neighbors who go to church here and your neighbors who don't go to church here. 
You're going to be able to experience that transformation by getting to know somebody here at University Lutheran. Scary. And by praying to the Holy Spirit that he would work in the life of somebody that you're pretty sure doesn't know Jesus and asking him that they, that he might show you a way in which to serve them and to love on them and to share the gospel with them. Scarier! But transformative. As long as you don't reject it. And you have that right. You can do that. At the end of this process, we're going to do this thing where uh, you actually write down and sign your name to something that says, I'm willing to um, consider transformation in, in these areas of my life. You don't have to. We really want you to. And the council is behind me. You can vote them out of office uh, this coming um, this coming next Sunday. Um, but at least this council was behind me, so I got to do this. Um, yeah, blame them, not me. We're going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone a little. Jesus got out of his. Because he loved you so much. He came to this world as a little bitty baby. Lived amongst people like you and me. Forgave us of our sins. Transformed us by his cross. Are you ready to see how far his transformation will go in your life? Amen.